Hey guys, welcome back to another Weird Wednesday. I'm Ashers and this is... Ivy. So, I had an exciting weekend in West Virginia, again, surprisingly. <laughs> um, for it being West Virginia, we went down and uh, we were um, we were looking into the Flatwoods Monster incident. And so we went down to Braxton County, which is where Flatwoods is located. It is the tiniest shithole that you've ever seen in your entire life. Um, but then again, that is literally the entire state of West Virginia. Um, but we went down there. We did all the touristy things. You know, we, we went to the museum. Um, they have these, like, big chairs that you can go and, um, like, if you locate all the all five chairs around the town and you take a picture with them, you go back to the museum and you get, like, a free sticker. <laughs> so it's kind of a fun game. And, you know, we did all that. There was a bunch of us there. Um, but, I mean, we it was really, we really had a great time. Um you know, we, we had a lot of fun. Really, the first day, the first full day there, we just kind of, you know, fucked off. We just kind of did whatever we wanted. But, it, you know, it really got us in the mood to, you know, do some genuine monster hunting. But, you know, we went down to the the, the sighting area, like where it actually happened at, which is kind of hard. Um, because right outside of where the sighting happened that we were really confused about where it was exactly that they saw this monster. And there's a... Um, there's like a chair kind of located in that area and then like kind of where it is there's this um ice cream place and it's called the spot and so we're like looking around and we're like but right behind it, it's like these woods and we're like okay so did it happen right here and that's why they have an ice cream place called the spot because it's the spot <laughs> or is it further back and so we had to kind of go a little bit and use our context clues because there's nowhere that says that it's you know where it exactly it happened and, um, you know, we had to kind of do our own little research and figure it out, but we did, and it's, it is private property, so I'm not going to disclose where, <laughs> but it's there. Um, but no, it was, it was a lot of fun. The, uh, the girl at the, uh, museum, you know, I asked her, some young girl working there and I, you know, I asked her, you know, do you believe that the monster happened? And she said that she lives next to one of the guys that was there and, um, you know, he still maintains to this day that it's it's a real story. And so, you know. And when did this happen exactly? This happened in 1952. It was September 12th. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll get into the meat of that in, in a moment. Um, but, yeah, so we went down there. And, you know, and then, of course, we spent, you know, some time in Point Pleasant. We met this wonderful old hippie lady named Kathy. And <laughs> she's, <laughs> I'm supposed to go and have wine with her. <laughs> um, but she's great. She's, um, she's, she works for the Historical Society. And so she's going to help kind of piece, piece together. Because Anne's been investigating like all of you know all of the history of Point Pleasant and she's finding some huge missing pieces of time and um you know so we're trying to kind of figure that out and figure out what happened during those missing time periods and things like that um and Kathy seems to kind of be the key to that so we're gonna you know meet with her and do that and whatever um and then of course Tanya Derenberger has now gotten gotten hold of me and she is now going to be a part of the documentary as well. So it's 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 going. It's fast. It is going so fast. <laughs> but it's going. And then we're going to try to go down this weekend. And I'm not sure what we're going to accomplish. I kind of think I know what I want to do while I'm down there. Um, but that's just kind of the way this documentary is rolled. It's just wherever, wherever it takes me. You know, I just kind of go down there and, and figure something out. And then kind of follow that lead. And... And see where it goes, because I mean that's 
kind of what it's about. So anyway, but it, it was great. Like I said, we learned a lot, um, and um, I'm excited to go back. And it was nice to have all hands on deck. It was nice to have you know multiple people, multiple cameras, and things like that. We got a lot of footage, a lot of fun stuff. So I'm excited. But you know, before we got into this week's episode, which you know I I thought fittingly we would talk about the Flatwoods Monster. Um, you know, I wanted to kind of take some time out and talk about, um, today is the, uh, one year anniversary of the Oregon District shooting that happened here in Dayton, Ohio. And, um, I, I remember that on that day, I was actually, I got this weird wild hair at my ass and I was kind of going around town visiting everybody. And like, I mean, like a big Facebook post about it. I'm like, I'm going to go visit everybody. Hit me up. And um, I was just, you know, jumping around, house jumping all day long. It's something I like to do sometimes and try to see as many people in one day as I can. And uh, the last people I was supposed to go see, usually I go and I meet them at this bar that's across the street from my house. Well, that same night, they happened to not actually be at that bar. They were down in the Oregon District, and um, which is probably about 10-minute drive from my house. And um, maybe 20. And... Um, of course, they invited me to go down there, and I did not. I didn't. I didn't go down there. Um, and then, you know, I got. I get home, and um, I sit down, and I log into Facebook, and people are talking about how there's an active shooter down there, and everybody's freaking out. Um, but you were actually down there at the Oregon District when this happened, right? You were actually. Mm-hmm. You were. Well, I worked down there too, so. <clears throat> right. Right. It's like everybody kind of knows everybody, and. Like, after work, everybody goes out to the different right. bars. Like, if they work in the restaurants or the shops or whatever. I guess we should explain that the Oregon... Because people that don't live here don't know the Oregon District is like a is like a, a strip, you know, down that's downtown Dayton, basically. And it's like three or four blocks long. Yeah, and it's got all different bars and restaurants. And there's, you know, tattoo shops and sex shops. It's just a little area well, to go down to. technically a whole, like, neighborhood. It's a yeah. historical neighborhood. It, yeah, so right. So it's, like, more than just... That the strip, strip yeah. but that's what it's people are talking known about. For. Yeah, when people are talking about the Oregon District, that's usually what right. they're talking about is, you know, down there. And so, but but you but you went out. You went out that night for drink. Did you work that day? Do you remember? I did actually, and it was honestly work was really weird because at this time, like before COVID and all that, like I would pull like a tarot card before every shift, and in the morning I pulled. Uh, a card that was Ten of Swords uh-huh. and um, I actually shared it on my Facebook today because it came up as a memory but on the card it's like this it's like behind an angel that's like walking through this gateway mm-hmm. and it's the Ten of Swords so it's like ten people actually died that night Yeah, if you include the shooter and but even weirder than that I was outside on smoke break and like my coworker was out there with me and out of nowhere this feather like came floating down and like everybody there knows I'm weird obviously yeah. I pull a tarot card for every shit right. they know I'm fucking weird so when I seen this feather I'm like a blessing <laughs> <laughs> and like I caught it and like he was just kind of like looking at me like what the fuck but like well and feathers are like significant like they signify like protection uh-huh. or being watched over by angels and um 
So that whole thing was weird. And, like, at the time, like, I didn't know what any of it meant. Like, I mean, I did in regards to, like, the work environment. I would kind of use those cards. Well, and what what does Ten of Swords mean? Ten of Swords, like, in traditional terms of, like, the Rider Waite Smith deck, Mm -hmm. it's pictured with uh, a guy laying on the ground and there's Ten Swords on his back. So. It's about death. It's about letting things go, the the ending and the beginning. So it's like that, like nines are completion. So it's like the completion of that cycle. Whereas tens, because it's a one and a zero, it's like, okay, this is the transition mm-hmm. from that ending to the beginning, that weird gray area of like, okay, this is over now. This is a new cycle. And it's that transition and it can be a pretty unforgiving card i i in my yeah. personal experience i'm always like uh-oh <laughs> yeah. some sense about it's to rough. go down right it's rough. And, yeah you know i like when i would pull the cards for the shift it would just kind of like be something for us to focus on as like a team co-workers mm-hmm. and you know being a team and you know like for that you know it was just kind of like you know things could get stressy today just Keep your cool. Make sure, like, if you need help, you ask for help. Make sure you're offering help when you have time. Yada, 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 yada. Did it that day? Do you remember? It did. It was okay. a little hectic. Um, but it was, like, what, sat- Saturday night, Friday night, Saturday night? I can't even remember yeah. now. But it was, well, it was hectic enough that I remembered I didn't draw a card for dinner shift. Okay. (laughs) The Ten of Swords was enough. (laughs) Right. And, you know, back then I was, like, working doubles Mm -hmm. all the time. So, like, you know, I didn't necessarily always get to do one for lunch and one for dinner. It just kind of depends on the flow. Right. um, So, anyway, me and all my coworkers go out. And I was actually trying to think of, like, who all was there. Because it was more than just me and my coworkers. And I'm almost certain there was 10 people. And okay. that in itself is, is weird because yeah. none of those people were hurt. So it was just weird. Like we, me and my best friend Jean were at uh, one bar and we were going to catch up with everybody else because they like to go to this bar that's transphobic and me and her are both trans. Right. And, you know, my coworkers don't really always understand that. I've, I kind of voice myself about that. And, you know, I get where, you know, the confusion comes in. And so I don't hold it against anybody, but it's also not like the most comfortable place for me as a person to be, right. even though I'm accepted in that environment because all of those people know me. Right. But they don't know Gene. Right. And, you know, so it's it was a really weird situation. But we were at one bar, and the guy that actually did the shooting came up and talked to us. And obviously, we didn't know who he was. Right. But he was, like, just, yeah, he was trying to, like, segue his way into our conversation. And, you know, down there, like... You can get any kind of weirdo. There's homeless people that hang out on the streets. There's street performers that, you know, are great at what they do. There's also people that think they're street performers and they're just drunk and just rude and nasty. Stuff is, like, pretty much always going on down there. 
So, like, you know, you, you're kind of mindful of, like, who you engage with. So, like, me and Jean, you know, being trans and it being, you know, a cis community predominantly, right. you know, we kind of keep to ourselves, but not necessarily. And he, you know, we weren't receptive to him. And he eventually got the hint and, like, he went inside and then... Was he, like, was he, like, being cordial was he being nice was yeah he... it wasn't like he was being nasty or anything he was just like Trying he, to he was just weird and, and honestly weren't interested yeah okay. he was very spacey and just like trying to do small talk and it's like me and gene were in the middle of a conversation yeah. that had nothing to do with what this guy was trying to talk about so it was more of like more of an annoyance on our part than anything but so he goes inside and like he's in there for a few minutes and me and Gene are on the patio which is where he was trying to talk to us and I see him leave and go down the alleyway that goes back into the neighborhood and me and Gene just looked at each other and we're like alright let's hit it <laughs> so we go to the other bar and we're hanging out with everybody there cause like you know everybody at my job gets off at different times right. so not everybody was out when me and Gene got down there and then at that point, everybody was there. Everybody was at Toxic. So it was like it all worked out. Mm -hmm. Well, we're outside on the patio smoking because that's what we do. And <laughs> so, like, we're all just kind of, like, hanging out. And me and Jean, before any of this even happened, like, we were kind of, like, trying to map out our night. And we didn't know if we wanted to go to the local gay bar or if we wanted to just, like go out and like be in an actual bar not necessarily a club setting right and we decided that we didn't want to fuck with a club setting tonight right sure <laughs> so like while we're hanging out Jean just kind of looks at me and she's like do you want to go to mask and I was like fuck it and then you know my coworker, one of them came along with us and like as we were leaving to go to mask is when everything broke loose Okay. So it's like, it's really weird how, like, all of it happened. Like, the timing of everything, the card, the feather, yeah. it was just, like, a whole lot to, like, take in. And, like, I don't know, we didn't really, like, understand everything that was happening until, like, we actually, like, talked about it. Afterwards, and yeah. It was just, like... You know, I had this weird experience with it and, like, had Jean, like, not listened to her intuition, like, we would have been caught, like, right in the middle of it. And I honestly think that with me and Jean being, like, the last people that he talked to, like, and I, I don't, like, I don't know. It's just a really weird thing because his... I don't know if I should say sister or brother because they weren't out, but they actually came up yeah. they were trans yeah. and he, he had killed them. Yeah, he went there with his, well, his sister, from what he knew, you know, was his sister. He went there with her and somebody else. And, uh, yeah, and he killed them. And then, like, later, like, the news was reporting this as his sister. And then later, come to find out, his sister was actually trans and, and identified as male. And so, yeah, I mean, it could, you know, so maybe had a reason to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, it was just, it was a really weird thing. Like, I didn't know if it was like a trigger for him, but it was like us being the last people that he talked to, at least to my knowledge. Yeah. 
it's just a really weird thing to think about. And then also, like, how, like, me and all my friends were safe. It's kind of like a survivor's guilt, like, trying to, like, yeah. rationalize yeah. everything, trying to understand it. And, like, I don't know. Like, I'd like to think that's not the case. I yeah. like to think that somebody doesn't see trans people and that's their trigger to fucking kill people whether that was their plan already or you know like sure for that to like get that plan into motion that's you know like not something that's great to think about and you know i've i i've had my own feelings with that of feeling selfish for thinking that way but being in that position it's really weird that there was the coincidence of his relative being trans him talking to two trans individuals Mm -hmm. before he fucking shot up the place right that's true seemingly right before and it was also I mean you were were you like outside when gunshots were going on we were outside the whole time running no we were like already behind like like, yeah right out of the area this was like we were we weren't like like all the bars like they took everybody inside like we were already gone we weren't in that area anymore like we had like just left okay so it was like seconds if we would have stayed any longer or like one of us had to use the restroom yeah like we would have been caught in the middle of it now granted where toxic is and where the original bar blind bob says Mm -hmm. it's you know at an angle but where he came through was from behind blind bobs from Mm -hmm. the neighborhood into the Oregon district so it was like right by Ned Peppers and that's what yeah it was stopped at Ned Peppers I think it was trying to get in at Ned Peppers yeah I don't know I don't think anybody really knows because I think he was (laughs) right I think he was just he was done going like I don't even know I know it didn't last very long I mean he he did he killed nine people it was less Um, than I think 60 seconds yeah but the police did a really good job reacting and I don't know if they were already down there they probably were you pretty know, much, it's the Oregon district on a busy weekend, there. right? So it, you know, it made sense. And then the guy that was the door, the door guy at the at Ned Pepper's um, helped apprehend him. Well, once he was shot and down, I remember he came and you know, there's like video of him or like pictures of him like coming and taking his gun and you know, kind of making sure that he's not going to get back up. <laughs> and it was, you know, but it was pretty amazing, you know, how it how it brought people together. My sister, um, one of her friends, uh, Lamar, his um, cousin Derek Fudge died in that shooting and so it was just it's kind of crazy that you know when you think about it because Dayton's not small like Dayton's not a small little hobuck town it's a pretty big city and you know it's crazy how everybody is still connected to this yeah. tragedy even though only nine people died and so it's I, it's pretty wild that somehow in some way everybody's you know got something uh, you know about it and how it has affected other people um, because I understand because like I said I know because I get home and you know I'm supposed to be there and there's a shooting and I'm like oh well you know <laughs> intuition one again you know it, it knew you know not to go down there and so um, you know but but it does make you feel badly because you're like yeah. oh, maybe I should have been you know I don't know maybe, you know why me and so um you know, I can understand that, but it is, you know, it is something that I'm sure you work with and nobody can tell you how you feel about it, no matter what, nobody can, you know, and, you know, unless they, they're in your position as a, 
um, person that was down there when it happened, as a person that talked to him when it happened, um, and as a person that's trans. Nobody can tell you how you feel about it. And so right. that's just the way that is. Well, know? that whole situation, I think, was also handled poorly on parts of, like, most citizens, too, because it was like they would go into, like, the bars and restaurants down there and, like, fish for information like that same week like what yeah it was down there trying to be like rubbernecking yeah and there was like news people that would try to come and like interview everybody and it's like i get it like but at the same time like you have to still very much a tragedy right you have to respect people and you know like, and I remember, like, people were going off about his, his parents, and people were like, well, what about the parents, you know? And it's like, you know, you guys have to remember, you know, the parents lost both of their children that night. Both of them. And it's like, you know, I'm sure they didn't fucking raise their kid to be a, sh- a fucking shooter. You know, I don't know what the home life was like. I don't know what the parents were like or anything like that. But, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I just don't know if, you know, that goes back to kind of that nature versus nurture thing that we talked about before. You know, what... What triggered this to happen? You know, was it was it a mix of events? Was it did it have anything to do with his sister being trans? You know, nobody really, n- nobody's gonna know because he's dead and he can't tell us. So it's kind of a a weird situation. I thought about you know doing an episode on like uh, mass shooters and things like that, uh, which I don't know. You know, maybe we will one of these days um, because it, it is kind of wild the different connections between all of them like how uh, pretty much uh, almost all of them are always white white males and um you know but then they all seem to have very different reasons like i would like to talk about the uh the aurora shooting uh, you know at some point because that's got a lot of weird stuff to it um and you know of course columbine and things like that you know that's kind of was the original (laughs) fucked up as it is to say and now we have so many that happen so many mass shootings that happen on a regular basis well, and yeah. so many of them are considered as like you know setups, like they didn't actually. Oh, that's happen. right. There's cons- yeah, there's conspiracy theories to them. So you know, eventually we'll probably go into it. But you know, I thought it would be, you know, good to mention that you know it, it's a very surreal moment when your governor comes down to the city and has to set up his stage on top of the blood of the victims to you know hold a press conference about the situation. You know, it's 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 pretty wild. And you know when it happens and an area that you're very familiar with and that you go to regularly or that you were at or that you should have been at or whatever. I mean, it just really, you know, mass shootings, it's one of those things that you don't think is ever going to happen to you until it does. And so it's just, you know, makes you kind of have to take that step back, you know, in life and really appreciate the things that you have because anything can happen at any given time. So I just thought we should, uh, like I said, I thought we should mention that a little bit because that's, I think, significant to most everyone here in the area like i have yet to meet somebody that that doesn't have some type of tie to it so um it's it's a very small world um but yeah so that uh you know that happened (laughs) so okay we'll go we'll switch gears a little bit get off the uh the depression train um and (laughs) go back to the thoughtwoods monster we'll we'll go a little fun i guess uh it can be depressing too i suppose so, um, September 12th of 1952, in a little town called Flatwoods, West Virginia, um, three kids were outside, and these were like probably teenagers, um, they were outside playing at the local elementary school, and they saw something um, come out of the sky and crash into the ground. And they were like, wow, what was that? Big bright light came, came crashing on the ground. 
So they went back to one of the boy's parents' house, and they got his mom. And so the three boys, the mom, two other neighborhood kids, and a National Guardsman all went out to investigate what just happened and what, you know, what's in the middle of the woods. So they all go out there, and they come upon this giant spaceship in the middle of the woods. <laughs> the, uh, the National Guardsman, his name is Eugene Lemon, he had a flashlight, and he was kind of pointing it around, and they all happened to see this um, 10 foot tall thing and the way they described it was it was like I said it was 10 foot tall it was huge and it was um, it had like a glowing red face with these glowing yellow eyes it had a green body it had long hands or long arms with like claw hands on it and then it was wearing some type of cape or hood or something and uh, so they see this thing and then they also um there was some like crazy awful smell coming off of it and so they see this thing and and they fucking book it out of there they leave they run away and um they uh you know they they, they all reported that after smelling the smell they felt very sick um they were very nauseous and and ill feeling and you know that's that's what they told people they saw well they had people come out and investigate um they found uh the local news station found um some like skid marks some like tracks on the ground and some type of like weird mysterious goo and then uh, but of course um people have later investigated it and they've said that well they probably just saw a barn owl uh that was hanging that was on a tree and it freaked him out mm, i don't really buy that story with a hood with a hood, with claw hands. I mean, no. <laughs> you know, it just doesn't make any sense. And there were seven of them in total. Seven people saw this, including a National Guardsman. You know, with a glowing red face. I don't think so. You know, and, and what was the smell? You know, what, what was that? And how do you explain the spaceship? You know, um, so it was a very weird incident. Um, since then, the town has really, um, really markets off of it a lot. It's really all they have again. Um, and I've got pictures I'll, I can share with you guys. Um, this is a very poor town. Um, they, I, I mean, it, it's it's very sad, uh, really, going there. It's, it's pretty depressing. Um, but they do have a little museum. And it is teeny tiny. They have one wall worth of stuff. And then the rest of it is just things that, you know, art people have created and things to buy and stuff like that. Um, and then, you know, they have the tourist attraction with the chairs and, and things. Um, well, something that I didn't know about uh, that I learned only because I had gone to the museum, they had a drawing there, a witness, a witness drawing there of something else that they refer to as the Frametown incident. And I'm like, okay. And I remember seeing signs of Frametown kind of around the area. Frametown is also a part of Braxton County. And on September 13th, 1952 the very next night um or actually i think it was the same night it was just within hours of each other um a couple was driving uh driving around the hills of west virginia the mountains of west virginia and their car stalled and so they pulled off to the side of the road they had their baby with them and um you know the guy was out working on the car and um all of a sudden they were hit with this overwhelmingly awful smell <laughs> and out of the woods comes this monster and it's 
basically the same description. This it's got the hood, except they describe it as like the face and stuff was um, very reptilian. And so it's slightly different, but it's pretty much the same thing. And again, Frametown is part of the same county. This all happened within hours of each other, you know, two different incidences. And I don't know why, but like I said, I've never heard of the Frametown incident. I had never heard of the Frametown monster. (laughs) Didn't know that that was even a thing, you know. So uh, why aren't people talking about that one? Because then it gives some type of credence to the original story. You know, and it's just one of those things. It's like, you know, who's going to believe a bunch of hilljacks from West Virginia? All of these stories, all of these West Virginian stories are like that. They're just so strange and so bizarre. And again, the girl at the museum said that she lives beside one of the guys that every time saw it. I'm assuming he was one of the kids. And he still maintains that that's what they saw. And they don't, you know, let up on that at all. Um, but my thing is that if you look at the Flatwoods Monster... And you compare it to Mothman. I've always said it looks like a feminine version of the Mothman. I think it does. Um, It's got, you know, it looks very feminine. It kind of looks like a nun. (laughs) And, um, you know, and and I just, I think it looks very feminine. Now, they do refer to, they call it Braxy. They refer to Braxy as he. uh, But I I definitely, I think it's a she. And I think that, you know, obviously, because I'm making an entire documentary about it, but I think that they're definitely connected somehow. I just haven't figured out how yet. Um, But, you know, it was a very bizarre thing. And, you know, then they took this bizarre incident and they've kind of ran with it. And it's like, you know, why? And everybody knows about the Flatwoods Monster. Uh, Everybody in this, you know, type of community knows about it. It's a very popular sighting. Um, Some people have said, like, I've been posting the pictures of, you know, of our weekend to social media. And, like, somebody was like, oh, I didn't know that they even had a museum. And it's like, right. Because it was, that was it. That was the incident. That was it. You know, compared to the Mothman, it happened for a year, you know, before, you know, they had a little bit more. They had a whole town being terrorized by this, or, you know, the whole state being terrorized by this thing. And, um, you know, with this, it was just a one-off, weird, random chance encounter. Um, You know, some people say that the bright light in the sky, that it was a meteor, there was a meteor shower happening that night. And it's like, you know, I wonder if it wasn't, whatever it was that was traveling, if it wasn't traveling maybe on a meteor? Or, you know, with the meteors for some reason. Um, you know, I don't know. But they've got, like, these big, like, repu- like replica, um, just, like, big, you know, fake monsters at the museum and stuff like that. And, you know, it's it's true to size since they're 10 foot tall. And that's, you know, you don't think 10 foot tall is very big until you're standing next to something that's 10 foot tall. And so, I don't know, that'd be pretty scary. Um... But, I mean, that's it. You know, that, like I said, that's it. That there was the Flatwoods monster that night, and then also the Frametown thing happened on the same night. They're probably connected. Well, it's like there's only, like, one known incident of the Flatwood monsters, or monster, and then I guess the Frame, Frame Frametown Town. monster. Yeah. So it's like it really could be two separate instances. It could be. Of the same thing. Right. Right. Them seeing so, the same thing. Does one, you know, conclude that the other happened or are they actually two separate events that kind of just so happen to be close to one another? Well, and I I, I mean, I could almost bet you anything 
that if I were to look into UFO sightings that night, there'd be a bunch in that area. Yeah. Um, because that is how these things, you know, typically happen is that, you know, people see these clusters of sightings. It happened with the Andrew Cole that happened. People, you know, there was a big cluster of UFO sightings when Andrew Cole landed down and, and had that conversation with Woody. And, you know, so it's, they're, they're all, they, I mean, that's just giving it more evidence to say that it definitely happened. I mean, it's weird, you know, and if that was the case, and, and say it was the same monster, say say they're both the same monster, which is what is implied here. Well, because what else would it be? These towns are literally right next to each other. What the fuck is it doing in our woods? You know, what, what was it doing out there? Because both instances, it was, it was in the woods. Um, the Flatwoods Monster, you know, happened right behind the... Ele- but, but also still close to the highway, or close to civilization, rather. Um, but still in the woods. You know, that happened... Uh, Flatwoods happened in the... Across from the elementary school. And uh, the Frametown Monster happened basically on the side of the road. You know, what, what was it doing out there? But it was coming for... You know, I know in the Frametown one, it started chasing after them. And I don't know if it started i think it did in the braxy encounter braxy started moving towards them and they all took off and and ran so like was it was it what would have happened when it caught up you know was it gonna take right. was it trying to be their friend like probably yeah come on in <laughs> <laughs> Opens up the spaceship. Well, come on in. Um, <laughs> probably. I don't know. You know, who knows? Was it trying to make contact with us? And, you know, I guess I could see why it would land in the wood. That was, that, well, that was another thing. The town, you know, we were driving around look, looking for these chairs. And um, there was just this random landing strip in the middle of nowhere. And that's another thing, another lead that I need to follow and figure out, you know, what the fuck is this thing? What do, what do they use this for? Because it's just, it's abandoned. It's in the middle of nothing and nowhere. But that's not where the Flatwoods monster was. But still. <laughs> Is there like a farm or anything around there? Well, probably. I'm sure. Because a lot of times that... farms have stuff. For crop dusting. In. Oh, well, that's true. for crop dusting. Yeah, that, that's very true. That's, uh, that's, that, that's It could be. Um, I, you know, I don't know. I haven't looked into it. But it looked pretty well abandoned. It was like in the middle of the woods. And, you know, but then there's far, there are farms around there. But for the most part, um, Sutton... Well, okay, I keep calling it different names. I was just say Braxton County is basically built into the side of a mountain. And so it's not a lot of, oddly enough, even though it's called flat woods, it's not a lot of flat land. It's actually all pretty, I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty elevated, and, you know, up and down. So, um, but it could be, I don't know, like I said, I'm going to, I'm going to research it and see what that area was. Well, I'll, I'll probably put Anne on it because that's her thing. Um, Anne has kind of, she's starting to become more comfortable with being the co-host of the documentary. <laughs> First she was talking about it and she's like, I'm invested. I don't want to co-host. She's like, well, I don't want to be on camera. And I'm like, well, and you kind of have to, you're going to have to be on camera at some point if you're going to be here doing all this. And she's just like, well, okay, well, I just got to get used to it. And <laughs> so she's, <laughs> I'm slowly kind of moving her into the spot. But um, anyway, she was God, she was so she was so excited to go hunt for those chairs. She was so happy to get her sticker. We all got our stickers, by the way. <laughs> um, anyway, so but yeah, I mean, what what could it have been doing in the middle of West Virginia? I mean, it could have been um, maybe cultivating different species, um, just kind of getting wildlife, and it just so happened to come upon humans, and it's like, oh, you know. Well, I mean, why? if you are some interdimensional being, an alien of some sort. 
you're not just gonna want to fucking plop down anywhere. You know, you're gonna want to go some place that's a little bit more isolated, and then like within that isolated place, go somewhere that's even more isolated within that isolated place. Well, well, yeah, that's a good point. Well, and it would make sense for it to come in during a meteor shower, like I said, because then when you do see weird lights in the sky and stuff, you would just assume that it's a meteor. You know, you wouldn't, it'd be pretty unassuming. You'd be like, oh, okay. You know, but then it, but then it comes down. Obviously, it came down for some type of reason. I mean, again, they didn't stop to talk to it. I don't know what I would do in that situation. You know, because the chances of them having, at least as far as I know, none of them have ever had any type of incident like that again for their entire lives. And so it's like, you know, if that was a once in a lifetime opportunity, would you stop and try to communicate with them? Take me with you. <laughs> Please. <laughs> I hate it here. Probe <laughs> <Help> me, daddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, it's 10 foot tall. I'm sure it's got a big dick. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um, but no, yeah, I mean, obviously it was here for, for something and, and on a mission of some sorts, it seems like, because it was here and well, then they didn't really say like if it left right afterwards, I mean, maybe it hung out in the woods and was like, okay, I'll just, I'll be you back. Don't find myself. Right. I'll just wait for you. <laughs> you know, what did it do? And I don't, I don't think the Frametown incident, they didn't report a spaceship like they did in the Flatwoods incident. Um, they just reported the actual, you know, alien itself or monster, whatever. And uh, and that was it. And um, so it's like, could it have walked through the woods? Like, and just been exploring the area? Or probably looking for its friends <laughs> that it just made. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, there you are. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, but they all give the same, basically the same accounts. Like I said, they do look slightly different, but it could be a matter of lighting, you know, which is why they saw something different. It could be, you know, a matter of, you know, if you see something like that, you know, John Keel says, you don't really know what well, he to say exactly like this, but you don't really know what the fuck you're seeing. Right. You know, you're not, your brain is not... Process pull in so much information, and right? Your brain right. tends to fill in the blanks, right. right? So it's like one person might see the same thing, but like notice different things, right? About that thing, and it's like you know, and well, and that's what he says. That's why most things go underreported because your your mind will fill in the blanks for what you saw, and usually it'll come up with something that you already know or you're familiar with because that's what you know and you're familiar with. You know, it could be it, it could be traumatizing. To see something like that, because then that just totally, you know, gosh, if aliens are real, you know, that just fucks right. up your reality, <laughs> you know, and so, um, especially with like certain belief systems, right? Or, like, even a lack yeah. thereof, it just yeah. kind of like, holy fuck, like, right? Exactly, exactly. Like, you know, it just so. I mean, so and and then in trauma, I mean, gosh, we do weird things during a traumatizing situation. We react very oddly, and then it's a very personal experience to how you're going to react to a trauma. And so it's, you know, so I I could see the discrepancies in the in the description, but I feel like it was close enough. And then the one thing that everybody described was that same smell, that weird, horrible, awful smell. And, I, you know, I, I don't know. I wonder why it smelled so bad. I mean, <laughs> what, you know, what, why was it so, 
stinky. <laughs> you know. I mean, it could have been from the spaceship. It could have been from the ship. Just the gas is coming off the ship. And they all say like I mean, that. Do they have gasoline where they are? Or, you well, know? and they all, <laughs> yeah, they all talk about like that kind of sulfur type smell. And it's like, but one thing I did notice about West Virginia is that you do hit spots that are, I mean, they're, it's pretty overwhelming. Like, you know, people, you know, you drive by a waste management plant or whatever, and it stinks, but, like, sometimes it's, it's pretty powerful, and it's like, hmm. You know, so I wonder if it's not just the area, but they're, they're all, they're all pretty, pretty certain that it was coming off of the creature itself. And I think it was even yelling or screeching or something at the frame, in, in the frame town incident. Or maybe it wasn't, but they had a baby with them, the baby started crying, and, you know, maybe they just thought that the baby was it making noises i don't know it, it's just it's all a very strange <laughs> and unusual type of situation you usually don't have people well you don't have that many people see the same thing at one time usually usually it's it's just it's a couple of them or whatever um but you know the more people that you have see and that's why i like to take a lot of people with me um working on the documentary i prefer to have more people because then when something does happen you know, I've got all of those Multiple witnesses accounts. that saw it. Right. And so, you know, just like when it was just me and Anne and we saw the ghost deer, you know, it it was just me and Anne. And so, like, between the two of us, we couldn't be like, oh, well. But, you know, we went back and we looked this last weekend when we were there at that area. And there's just, it's not possible <laughs> that it wasn't a ghost deer. <laughs> She's still kind of in denial of it. And I'm like, Anne, it's a ghost deer. <laughs> We saw a ghost deer, just accept that. <laughs> and, um, but anyway, yeah, I mean, having the multiple accounts helps. So, um, you know, that's why I like to take people with me because then when you have more people that all say the same thing, that's why the Scarberry sighting with the Mothman is, is so important is because there was four of them and they all gave the same story in different settings and different rooms and they've all maintained that story forever. You know, they, they, nobody's ever been like, no. You know, same thing with, with, you know, the Flatwoods monster. Again, obviously, the one guy still says that that's what he saw. Um, and I, I'm definitely going to try to get him for an interview and get him to talk about what it was he saw. Because they all have a different, a slightly different perspective, but it's pretty much the same thing, you know. So, I don't know. That's basically the Flatwoods monster. It's just a very simple, very random encounter and... I know a lot of people haven't heard about the Frametown incident. Um, so I, I was kind of excited to share that because, again, I had never heard of it. Had never, never even knew. You know, all these years of researching this kind of stuff and, you know, the Flatwoods monster, it's, it's fascinating to me because that's scary to me because, again, I've said it before and I'll say it again, I'm fucking terrified of aliens. So <laughs> I would be really scared if that happened. But I had never heard of the Frametown, the Frametown thing. And it's actually one of those things that's really hard to find. Um, you know, I've been trying to kind of Google it, and there's not really much information about it um, because it was just it was just uh, a very cut and dry thing. It was a, a a Fordian investigator. It was the one that that got the account from the original people. I don't even think we know their names. I think they remain anonymous. Um, but yeah, it's it's you can't find much about it now. You if you you know, Google Braxy and, and Flatwoods Monster, you know, you'll get 10,000 articles about, about the incident, which is weird because, again, you know, look at us. We're in here, you know, 45 minutes into the podcast and, you know, that's it. <laughs> There's nothing else to say. Um, but, 
you know, but then none of them mentioned that same, that, you know, other event that was happening at the same time. So it's like, why, again, why not? Because then it adds credibility to the story. Is that why it's been buried? Um, because then you'd have people actually think that this might be a real thing and not just a fake account that's now, you know, th that the town is now making money off of. Because it kind of seems to be the theme of, of West Virginia is that they'll have like some weird monster. And, and then they'll have a museum <laughs> and, you know, and then they'll have, you know, events and they'll make it really touristy and really fun and really gimmicky. And so it's like, if, but if you do that, then it kind of like takes away the credibility of the original story. And, you know, so if the government knows that we know, um, you know, and then they allow us to do those touristy, big, you know, flashy show things, then they know that we're taking away credibility from it. So people aren't really gonna pay much attention to it like that I think or they're gonna be like oh yeah I believe in it just because it's fun to believe in it and you right. know it's it's the cool thing to do and so you know I don't know I don't know but well and I mean it could just be you know like different cities have different police departments it could have been the way that each situation might have been handled depending mm -hmm. on who the people talk to it could have been two completely different you know agencies whether it was police or news reporters whatever they because i mean like who do you call Ghost ghostbusters <laughs> you know like in the moment though yeah. it's like who do you call do yeah. i call the police about this like that's true do I... you don't even know who to report to that's a, that's a good know, point so... and i think that's why a lot of it goes underreported who knows who saw what else that night and it was the 1950s. It's not like they jumped on their Facebook and was like, we're just right. this thing, you know. <laughs> you know, it's not, we don't do that shit anymore. You know, they didn't do that shit back then. Um, you know, that's true. That's true. They wouldn't know who to go to. I, you know, I think the reason why it got so big with um, in Flatwoods was because it was a National Guardsman. Right. I just, I, I can't buy the into the story that it was an owl. I just can't. You can't tell me that out of all seven of them, not one of those motherfucker knows was knows what an owl looks like. And it's ten foot tall. Right. Well, they said it could have been the owl was on the branch of the tree, and you could see its legs. Okay, and, but then what about the rest of it? What about the glowing like it red would just eyes, be or the glowing red hair. head, and the glowing and the glowing yellow eyes, and the green glowing body, and yeah. the spaceship? <laughs> was it the Ooh. owl spaceship too? <laughs> You know, what about the goo? Nobody collected it. Nobody thought to collect the goo and figure out what the fuck it was, you know? Or maybe they... They did. Yeah. Well, I know, like, a secret. somebody, some local somebody was driving around that area looking, you know, looking for evidence. And, um, you know, I think one of the explanations they came up with was that it was oil that had come off the car. And it's like, oil is not goo. Right. <laughs> And if it is, you've probably never, ever gotten an oil change never. in your car right. running. Right. And it's like, yeah. You know, so I just, and why not? Why not take it and test it? Or, you know, gosh, we were talking about, like, the DNA testing and shit that you could do now. Like, if we had a sample of that now, it would have been great for us to be able to, to use as reference and go back and test and see what the fuck it is. But nobody ever did anything with it. And it's just wild to me. That they didn't follow that lead. I just, that's so frustrating. That's so frustrating. So. Well, girl, now we know if we see anything. We need to take a sample of that goo. Right. We need to. <laughs> Would you taste it? A, approach it. It could be friendly. 
I'm and if be not, scared. oh well, what a way to go out. <laughs> if this is how I die, I die. Right. <laughs> At least I know now that they're real. <laughs> right. And then two, if there's anything that can be collected, collect it and hold on to it. Be yeah. mindful of who we call because we don't know who to call. We can't call Ghostbusters. Yeah, you're right. So. I guess people call me. <laughs> if you guys have uh, some type of incident, um, call me. And <laughs> and I will come collect all the goo and test it. And <laughs> we'll figure out what it was. Or, better yet, if I can't handle it, I know somebody that can. You know who I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. You know who can handle it. Karen girl we'll get Karen on that case that's who you gotta call you gotta call Karen she will figure it out she right. will get to the bottom of it she's not and she's not can, messing around it doesn't have to be any specific Karen just type any in Karen. Karen in your contacts right. the first one call her call, her. <laughs> call Karen and tell her <laughs> it doesn't have to be any specific one. Oh my gosh yeah just call Karen and <laughs> She'll she'll come out. She'll make sure they get that goo. She's she wants to know what's in that goo, and uh, <laughs> she'll figure it out. But yeah, it, it was handled pretty well. Actually, that situation was. But then again, there was things that they didn't do, like testing the goo and, and stuff like that that didn't make any sense. Um, and then the underreporting of the Frame Town incident as well. So I don't know. Uh, but that's basically I mean, like I said again. That's that's it. That's a Flatwoods monster, and somehow this is all connected to the Mothman <laughs> and I am going to figure out how they're related because I think they definitely are and it's even weird like when you pull up the um when you pull up the Wikipedia for the Flatwoods Monster um the suggested pages are for the Mothman and then it's also for the Kelly Hopkinsville Goblins and you know those are associated but it's kind of weird because West Virginia's got more than that. It's got the Grafton monster. I think they have a. I think they have a bat squatch out there. Um, they've got a dog man. I mean, they've got tons of other things, you know, that you could talk about. Um, but you know, of course, the ones that they that it suggests are the ones that seem to have some type of direct connection to each other. And so, you know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm so excited to find out. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, but yeah, I mean, if there's um, any other incident you guys can think of, any other tie, have you guys heard of the Frametown monster? Um, do you know anything about it? Do you know anything about UFO reports at the time? Um, send it to me. Let me know uh, because I'm, I'm probably going to try to look into it anyway. Uh, but it's hard. You know, um, I was reading... Uh, some Greg Newkirk had had shared something. I don't remember exactly what it was, um, but it was about like googling these incidences. And it's like, and he said, you know, the reason why you can't find this kind of stuff out is because this isn't stuff that you can just Google. Like this is stuff that, like you've got to you've got to read books and you've got to go out and um, you got to go out to these places and talk to the locals and hear their stories and hear their takes on it. And that lady Kathy that we talked to, you know, she was talking about um, how, like, she was talking about the mansion house there and about the history of it. And she says, you know, she's really happy because it's got so much history to it that they don't even know what all of it is. And, you know, she says that a lot of these, a lot of young people aren't really into history anymore. And, like, because of that, it's all just kind of being erased. And then the only history that we really have is from word of mouth. And eventually those people, like she was talking about the uh, Daughters of the Revolution, 
and how um, you know a lot of their stories are from word of mouth and you know those women are dying and most of them are gone now <laughs> I think all of them are gone now um, but even like the family lines are dying off and nobody knows what it is and you know so we were talking about how that relates back to the documentary because she was more than happy to talk about the documentary and stuff and you know she's saying that oh you know a lot of that stuff is just going to kind of be gone a lot of those little tidbits like well the frame town incident you know nobody was talking about it then nobody's talking about it now one of these days it's just not going to exist anymore and so it's my job to make sure that it does. Well, not everything is going to be on Google. Right. Not you know, everything there's is. There's a lot of shit in this world, and there's a lot of shit mm -hmm. on Google. But not everything's going to be there. Not everything's going to be there, yeah. And so a lot of the stuff you have to get out there and do your own footwork on and, you know, really find and, and dig for. So, um, you know, that's kind of a wrap. That's what Anne's trying to do, and she's trying to find the, you know, the history of the railway system because there is none. <laughs> and it's like... You know, at least not on Google. You can't find it anywhere on Google. So we're trying to right. take a like, different avenue to figure out why would it be at. on Google? Yeah. You know, like, yeah, it, it's there. You could think of some reasons as to why it wouldn't be on Google. Yeah. But, like, what purpose would it serve being to on be Google? There. Right. You know, unless there. somebody was actually. Not everything's been translated. Right. Well, just like, you know, John Keel. And not you everything know, seems important. He talks about all this stuff all the time. And, like, one thing he talks about is this, like, weird, mysterious floating tin can thing. And you're not going to find that shit on Google. Like, that's. I don't, I don't remember the whole story about it, but it's just a weird, just another bizarre Fordian phenomena. And, and it's not on Google. You know? Well, I mean, if you think of it, just think of, like, Google as, let's just say, a textbook. Like, even in history class. Like, you have a textbook on history. Not everything is going to be in that book. Yeah. Because, one, it can only be so big. But there's only so much that, you know, people will feel is important. Yeah. And that's why there's historians that write books on different events that go into yeah. much deeper detail. So there's a lot of things that are just omitted because there's not enough room or time right. attention to put into it. So right. it's like what person is really going to go out of their way to just like, Oh, I need to put this on Google. Like, oh, right. You know, like if, yeah. If you're not actively doing it, an online source for this right. that Google can find. Right. Like, it, right. Yeah, it just, it's, it's, it's weird. Yeah, it is weird. So I'm excited to talk to the, the people of Point Pleasant and go down to the winery and talk to those people and, you know, learn about their, their history and stuff straight from, straight from the source, you know, because they're going to know. They're going to know more than I can ever find out, you know, and so uh, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, uh, you know, I haven't found the Mothman yet, but soon. <laughs> anyway, you got anything else to add in this week or? Not really. Yeah, I think we're good. Well. We'll probably update you guys with our uh, with our weekend adventure from next weekend for this next weekend. Um, Ivy's supposed to go with me, so um, we'll uh, we'll see how that rolls. And I'm hoping to do some really fun witchy stuff down there. So it'll be uh, it'll be a lot. So we'll see how it goes. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.